I hope you're glad you're here this morning. Some of my sermons, I realize are, the topic is specific enough that I'm not talking to everyone in the room. Today is not that day. This one is for everybody. But here we go. Revelation 3, verse 20. Jesus is speaking and he said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. So we got Jesus standing outside the door, the door is closed, and you and I, individually or maybe even together, are, are inside, and Jesus said, I'm waiting on you to open the door, and if you will open it to me, I will come in and we will eat together, meaning fellowship, friendship. I don't think this can only be applied to our initial salvation, like when we said yes to Jesus for the first time, that's when we opened the door of our heart to him and he came in. I'm not sure that's a valid way to read this, but Jesus isn't talking to unsaved people here. He's talking to his church when he's, when he's speaking in Revelation 3. So I think, and those of you who are longtime older Christians, you know, there's always another door to open. There's always something between me and Jesus that I have to get rid of. Hello? There's always a barrier that Jesus is waiting for me to let him through. It's, this, is a, this verse is eternally present tense in our walk with the Lord. Because those of you who know, you've opened 16 doors to him, and you're like, okay, I finally surrendered. My heart is completely open to Jesus, and then the Holy Spirit shines his flashlight over in this other dark back corner, and there's a locked door back there. You're like, hey, what about that one? Come on. All right, so, so this applies to everyone. This isn't just 30 years ago when you got baptized and said yes to Jesus the first time. He's always knocking on another door. So this morning, I want to talk to you about barriers between us and God. There's, it's, just, it's just always true that there's something else Jesus wants to come through, to come deeper into your heart, to, to come more into your life. And I'm not going to use the word door, I'm going to use the word barrier. But I just want you to consider and ask the Lord as I read you these scriptures and tell you these stories, what do I need to get rid of that's between me and the Lord this morning. Matthew 17, verse 14. A man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he's an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. And so I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. And Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. And then the disciples came to Jesus later privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? And Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief. For assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. This is the story also where in Mark's gospel, he adds the detail. Jesus says, do you believe? And the father says, I believe, help my unbelief. In this case, 
This man has a demonized epileptic son. He brings it to the, the, the apostles who have cast out hundreds if not thousands of demons. They have seen thousands of healings that they have prayed for and it happened and they can't get this one. And Jesus instantly does away with the demon. No problem. Later the disciples come and said, what, what was, why couldn't we do it? And Jesus said, because of your unbelief. There was a barrier between them and God. Because Jesus demonstrates that the power of God was there all along. And the will of God was there all along. But because of the apostles' unbelief and the dad's unbelief, it didn't happen. There was something blocking the power and presence of God, but not in Jesus. And by the way, Jesus didn't say here, if you fast and pray more, you'll be able to cast out the big demons. He said, if you fast and pray more, your belief will be stronger. Hello? Read through that and think on it. He didn't say fast so you can cast out demons. He's saying fast so that you get rid of unbelief. Fasting and praying is the cure to unbelief. So in this case, in this episode, unbelief is the door that the power of God couldn't get through. Thank God for Jesus. Mark 6, 4-6, to Then Jesus told them, A prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his own relatives and his own family. And because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. When he went back to his own small town, Nazareth, the people, it says they were offended with him, but it doesn't mean that he had wronged them. It meant that they said, we know this guy. We know his brothers. We know his mother. We know his sister. Who does he think he is? Their offense, Jesus called unbelief. The Bible doesn't use the word, but it's familiarity is the barrier between them and the power of God. And notice it doesn't say Jesus didn't or wouldn't do any miracles. He couldn't because of their lack of honor for him, because of their familiarity, because they refused to see him as a prophet from God. He was just the boy who grew up a few houses down the street. There's a barrier there that limited the power and presence of God. In Acts 9... We were coming into the story right after Saul has met Jesus on the road to Damascus. And he saw the bright light and he heard Jesus' voice and he's gone blind. And he's been in the house, now in town for three days. And God comes and tells Ananias to go and pray for Saul. And Ananias is like, uh, Jesus, do you know who this guy is? He kills us. Jesus tells him to go. And Ananias went his way and entered the house and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul... The Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once, and he arose and was baptized. Saul thought he was serving God all along, but he was totally blind. I don't mean in the natural, I mean spiritually, he was completely blind. There was a barrier between him and God. And he could not see 
God. He could not see Jesus. He didn't know God, even though he thought he did. He didn't know God, even though he had the first five books of the Bible memorized. Because he said, I was a Pharisee of Pharisees, and that was the elementary qualification to be a Pharisee, was to memorize the Pentateuch. He knew the law of God, but he did not know God because there was a barrier between him and God. And when Ananias prayed for him, it got removed. And he became Apostle Paul, the greatest of all the apostles. 1 Peter 3, 7, Husbands likewise dwell with your wives, the them there is your wives, with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. Some of you guys are wasting your time praying because of how you talk to your wife. And this chapter also says, wives likewise. I'm sure this applies to wives too. You're wasting your time praying for God to change your husband when he wants to change you. That your prayers may not be hindered. Do you know that God will plug his ears when you pray? If you're not treating your spouse right. God says several times in the Old Testament, he doesn't say I don't hear you, he says I won't hear you. It's possible that your prayers can be completely blocked because of how you behave at home. Or toward anyone, really. I'm talking about barriers between you and God. God wants, Jesus wants in your heart, you got to open the door. God wants to heal you and bless you and take care of you, but there's a barrier there. Mark chapter 10 is the rich young ruler that comes and says, what must I do to be saved, inherit eternal life? And Jesus tells him to follow the law, and he says, I've done all that. And Jesus doesn't disagree with him. He's a really good guy. But Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, one thing you lack, go your way and sell whatever you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Come and take up the cross and follow me. But he was sad at this word and went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. What's his door? His money, his stuff, was the door he refused to open. And so, he completely misses out on Jesus. Even though he came to Jesus, and he asked Jesus, what do I need for life? And he knew God to a certain extent, he's a really, really good person. He follows all the rules. He completely misses Jesus because his money is his barrier. And Jesus doesn't chase him down. Like, well, if you want to leave that door shut, I'll go knock on somebody else's door. In Malachi 3, the famous passage about tithing, not talking about tithing, so don't worry. But in Malachi 3, God says, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me, but you say, in what way have we robbed you? Well, in tithes and offerings. You have cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out on you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. God says, if you tithe, I will open the windows of heaven and pour out more blessing than you can contain. I'll put more fish in your net than you can haul to shore. Look there. God says, if you will start tithing, you're cursed because you're not tithing, If you will start tithing, what will happen? I will make 
The word is windows in English, but the word in Hebrew is openings. I will open a hole in heaven so that I can get my blessing to you. But because you're not tithing, guess what? It's shut. There isn't a hole. I'm not talking about tithing. I just want you to see that God himself is limited by our lack of obedience. He doesn't have access into our lives if we're not obeying. So I said, there's someone here, something here for everyone in today's sermon. What is the barrier? What is the door that you need to open? I heard a testimony last year of a man who had been very sick, and he came forward in prayer line, and he's, they want to pray for healing. And the minister gets an understanding by the Spirit, it's called Word of Knowledge in Scripture, that this man needs to begin forgiving stuff. So he leads him through, is there anybody you need to forgive? Well, you know, I forgive this, and I forgive that, and I thought I forgive this person, and I forgive... The pastor says, there's something else, like something enormous that you need to forgive. And this man, right there in the prayer line, wanting prayer for healing, realizes he has to forgive the entire IRS. Because I don't know what the situation was, an audit or what. He is so full of anger at the IRS that he has to say out loud, the pastor leads him in this prayer of out loud forgiving the IRS and he is instantly healed. I might need to work through that one too. <laughs> Derek Prince tells a story of uh, a man, a young man that he met in the assembly of God. And he asks this young man, are you baptized in the Holy Spirit? And he says, yes, but, and he says, I know when everybody says, but if they ever say a, but after that, it's always, but I don't speak in tongues. And he said, let me guess, but you don't speak in tongues. He says, yeah, I've, I've prayed for it. And it's just never come. And, and, and I've tried it. He says, he said, all right, let's, let's ask the Lord what's limiting that. Let's ask the Lord what's the barrier. And he says, have you ever been involved in anything occultic? Nope. He says, you, you never played with a Ouija board? Nope. Never played with an eight ball? Nope. Read your horoscopes? Nope. He says, have you been to a fortune teller? He's like, well, yeah, there was a group of us back in high school that did that, but it was just a big joke. And yeah, we went in and had our fortunes told. She read our palms and looked at the cards. And he said, but it was a joke. It wasn't anything. I didn't put any faith in it. And I, and I certainly didn't live by it. And he says, and Derek Prince told him that that's what's blocking you. He said, would you be willing to just give that to, to Jesus admit that that was sin and just be willing to ask him to forgive it and remove it. So he's like, okay, sure. As the young man is praying, Jesus, forgive me for going to the fortune teller. All of a sudden he couldn't speak English. There was a barrier there. Derek Prince has another story of a high school girl in the eighties that came forward for prayer and the uh, healing prayer in the, she had a something going on in her body. She said, I have had so many people pray for my healing and it hasn't happened. And Derek Prince said, my wife said, is your faith in Jesus? Yes. He said, do you believe the scriptures about healing? Yes. He said, so, so something is blocking it. We need to figure that out. She, he said, she said, have you ever been involved in anything occultic, anything witchcraft? And, no. And you've never been a member of any other religious group? No. And so they just began to pray and ask the Holy Spirit what, what happened. And so Derek Prince and his wife are standing here. The high school girl is standing here. And he said, we weren't touching her. We didn't lay hands on her. She said, but my wife all of a sudden got a word of knowledge, and she just said two words out loud. She said, 
rock music. And the girl flew back eight feet, landed in the front row of chairs, and was instantly healed. She had faith, but the barrier to the power of God working in her life was the music she was putting in her head and in her heart. Pastor Josh has a story I want you to hear. So we're not just telling other people's stories. About eight years ago, got extreme pain in my side and a large part of my intestine was spasming and went to several doctors, couldn't figure out how to get it done other than finally went to a doc- the doctor after it, this had been a couple months and said, we're going to have to do surgery and cut out most of your, a lot of your intestine and but with being this young, it's probably going to, you're probably going to have to have more surgeries after this. Uh, I did what any faith-filled believer would do at that time. I uh, was not supposed to be eating really much at all. I went to Paisano's and ordered a large pizza (laughs) and ate it all. And just was, I was really struggling. I'm just like, I don't want Stacy to have to take care of me. I don't want to let people down at the church. And Pastor Mitch called me and uh, said, like, hey, I've been praying for you, and I feel like this is fear-related. You, uh, is there things you're afraid of? And I was like, well, I'm not afraid to die. Like, I've never been afraid to die. But we talked for a while, and then I, I went, went home, and, and I prayed, and I realized I was afraid of being a burden. And a lot of my life, I lived with a fear of letting people down. And it controlled me. Other than it wasn't obedience to God, I was making decisions based on fear of letting people down. So I, I was laying on my bed uh, in a tremendous amount of pain, and I just started repenting for things going back from when I was a child of just times I made decisions based on fear of letting people down. And, uh, and God started showing me some things of what I needed to do and uh, other things and just felt God's presence really strong. And with a large pizza just stopped spasming and, uh, and didn't need surgery and was able to, uh, God really did amazing things. And, and I've been fear, I've been free of the fear of people since then. So, uh, that was my testimony. Here in that is that I knew Josh's health problem, but the Lord highlighted fear to me in him, and and I was really strong and blunt with him, and he received it and repented, and nobody prayed for his healing. It just happened when the sin was removed. Some people want there to be a barrier between them and God, even though they claim they don't. We live in a world that wants pleasure without any consequences. We want barriers. I want to feel really good, but I don't want want any consequences from it. Whether that's alcohol or drugs or sex or money or whatever, there's a lot of people in church that want to come and feel God's love but God, don't, don't change me. Don't put any life in me. Here, God, put this thing on before you come into me because I, I don't want any life. 
Some of you are thinking, I don't, I don't know of any barriers. I don't have any, I don't think. And my question is, is, how do you know? You can't know what you haven't experienced yet. None of us are filled with all the fullness of God. <laughs> There's always something more we can pass into and have Jesus take more ownership of us and more barriers be removed. So as we move forward, I just ask you to be humble and let the Holy Spirit speak to you about what you need to repent for today. Not just to repent for sin, but to let God in. To let God have access, to let Jesus come through the door even deeper into your heart. So, some possible barriers to God's power and presence in your life. If you have ever been involved in anything occultic ever, if you've ever played with a Ouija board or an eight ball or tarot cards, if you read your horoscope, even if you think it's just for fun and silly, if you've ever been involved in any sort of event like a, a seance or party games like light as a feather, stiff as a board, and I don't even know what else. If you've been involved in anything with unclean spirits, it's not enough just that, well, I don't do that anymore. That power, that access that you gave at that time has to be broken off. Any false religion or false gods, any access or contact with unclean spirits, any horror movies you've watched, don't be entertained by sin. It's not fun. It's real. I doubt if any of you have been in masonry before, but uh, probably all of us have past generations of our family involved in masonry because it was such a popular, uh, just an enormous group in the 17 and 1800s in America and, and elsewhere. We all have ancestors that were involved in witchcraft through masonry or Mormonism, if you've been in Mormonism yourself or your past generations of your family, there may be some things to break off. I think you should think through how you celebrate Halloween. If you are dressing up as something unholy, Jesus wouldn't go down the street dressed as a zombie or a ghost or a witch or a monster or anything else. He wouldn't decorate his house with death, dark stuff. just need to consider that, please. Drugs, any drug use at all in the past, if you've repented and repudiated it and been washed and healed, then your process may be done. But some of you, you experimented or you just smoked some pot in high school or maybe you did some harder psychedelic stuff, or, but you stopped. If the Spirit tells you that there's still an attachment if there's some open door for darkness, because drugs are not just chemicals, folks. They're, it's a spiritual doorway. It's a reason why people see things when, when they're out there. And those things are not hallucinogenic. They're spirit. I'm not going to make anybody raise their hand or expose what you need to repent of, if the past in your family was involved in witchcraft in any way, and you got so many ancestors, that's probably a lot of us, 
<laughs> we're just going to all pray this one together. Yeah? We're just going to confess the lordship of Jesus and ask his, his blood to remove all this. Amen? Lord Jesus, we declare that you are Lord. You are the only Lord. And that you are seated far above every principality and power and might and dominion. And every name that is named, both in this age and in the age to come. That Jesus Christ is Lord of all. Lord, we repent now of any involvement in witchcraft. Of any flirting around with unclean spirits. In party games or drugs or outright witchcraft. Lord, we want nothing to do with it. We repent and we repudiate it. And Jesus, I ask that you would remove any barrier in any person here that is keeping you, your power and presence, from accessing someone's life because of their past involvement with the devil. Jesus, we want your holiness. We want your power. We want your life. We choose you. We say yes to you, Jesus. Another barrier between you and the Lord might be your sexual sins, ties that you created in the past. Whether you sinned with a person or multiple people or yourself, the porn that you've watched, movies and music that you've put in your eyes and ears and heart and body and your mind, pictures that you've looked at that you can't get away from, memories you have. It's all affecting you. Whether you know it or not, you might have learned to move on and function. And I'm not necessarily talking to people that are doing that now. Some of you are. But even if it was 20 years ago and you just stopped, if you've dealt with it in the blood of Jesus, then you're free. Praise the Lord. But there might be somebody here that hasn't yet. You stopped. And you got married, and you quit that life of sleeping around, but there's a lot of carnage back there. If the Holy Spirit leads you to, you need to go back and specifically confess it and ask Jesus' forgiveness and open that door that's keeping him out of that area of your life. Some of you need to go home and throw away a lot of DVDs. Don't be entertained by sin. When you turn on those, that music or those movies, your angels have to leave the house. You don't want that. Another barrier might be hidden sin, hypocrisy of any other sort, stuff that you're involved in and not brought into the light. You need to get it out in the light today. You need to confess it to the Lord and maybe somebody else. Another one might be unbelief, as it demonstrated in the story about Jesus couldn't do any power because the people didn't believe him. You might have bitterness toward God. If you have offense toward God, that is going to block his power in your life. You have to surrender. You have to give in. That God, you are perfect, and everything you have done is perfect, and everything you have not done is perfect. And your timing is perfect. Anything that I think or feel to the contrary is me thinking wrong. 
Or maybe your false belief, maybe it's not unbelief, but your false beliefs are blocking you from God. The lies you believe, the words you continually speak over yourself, the lids that you wear that keep your ceiling pretty low because your faith is small and weak. If you ask Jesus, he'll remove those lids and you'll have some pretty giant faith. If you ask Jesus, he will give you forgiveness for God. It may offend you that I say it that way, but there's a lot of people that need to forgive God. Not because he did anything wrong, I just got to let it go. But I can't just choose to let it go, I just have to choose, Jesus help me. I am willing that you do this to me, Lord. Some of you, your barrier is pride. And the Bible says God opposes the proud. So if you are self-righteous, if you refuse to admit your own faults, even though your children or your spouse or your parents are begging you, the barrier between you and God is God. The spirit that is opposing you is the Holy Spirit. He opposes the proud. Another one that you, you may need to deal with this morning is rebellion. If you're out from under authority, you're not going to receive from God. That may be in your family or in the church or at work or the government. If you are out from under authority, if you are dishonoring or even just unhonoring, you're going to miss out on God. Jesus said in Matthew 10, 41, you have to receive a prophet as a prophet to receive a prophet's reward. The people of Nazareth did not receive Jesus as a prophet, so they didn't get any reward. John 13, 20, Jesus said, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who receives whomever I send receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. Jesus said, if you want God, you got to have me, and if you want me, you got to have my preachers. If you receive my preachers, you receive me. If you don't receive my preachers, you don't receive me. So many Christians miss out on what God has for them, completely miss out because they're judging the preachers. They're not receiving your parents' authority in your life or you're not honoring your spouse, and so your prayers are blocked. God says, honor your parents so that you will have long life and be blessed. So that you will have long life and be blessed. God wants to give you a long life and he wants to bless you, but that blessing is being blocked because of how you treat your mother-in-law. Because of the rebellion you you spewed in your parents' face when you were 19 and you haven't gone back and fixed it. Seriously, you can pray all you want. You're totally wasting your time and God's time because of how you're treating your mom. How we relate to other people, especially those in authority or who we're supposed to take care of and love, absolutely is a barrier or an opening to the presence and power of God. I've told you before Kenneth Hagin's story. He saw thousands of miracles and healings in his time in ministry. And, and he said there was a family in our church that was there every Sunday and, and they were involved in everything. He said, but if I ever prayed for them, nothing happened. He said, I never saw a single thing happen for them. And he said it was because they, they, he was their pastor. He said it was because they didn't honor me. 
said, I go to their house and they didn't care if I was there. He said, there was another family who hardly ever came to church and their lives are a mess. But when they did come to church, he said, they were on fire for Jesus. And when I'd go visit, he said, every time I prayed for them, they got the miracle that they were asking for. And I, I was offended. He said, I asked God, I said, why do they always get the miracle and this family doesn't? He said, look at how they, look at how they respond to you when you go to their house. They're, there's honor there. They're receiving a prophet as a prophet. Derek Prince says, who also saw thousands of healings, he said, Catholics get healed easier than in Protestants. He said, I guarantee you if I have 10 people in a line and nine of them get healed, seven of them are Catholic. He said, I actually take a poll. He said, why? Because the Catholics see a priest as an authority and somebody who carries something that I don't and I need what he has. And Protestants are very democracy-minded. So I'm not just talking about dishonor, but just lack of honor. 1 Samuel 15 says that rebellion is witchcraft and stubbornness is idolatry. I'm going to do things my own way, Dad. I'm going to be stubborn. That's occultic. It's demonic power that blocks God, that blocks Jesus out of your life. Another one is unforgiveness. That one's really clear. Jesus said, if, you're, if you don't forgive, you will not be forgiven. It blocks God. Forgiveness. Kenneth Hagin, who saw thousands of healings in his ministry over decades, he said 90% of the healing miracles I saw that were instantaneous happened when people are for forgiving. It would just lead them in forgiveness and the healing would just happen. And the biggest barrier, the saddest barrier of all between you and God is just that you don't go to him. Thanks, Ted. Some of you, there is no barrier at all between you and the presence and power of God except that you just don't go to him. You have an audience with the king of the universe and so many of you don't go at all. You just get up in the morning and get busy. I think that's probably most people here. You don't have a barrier in your past that's limiting you from God. Some of you do. Some of you need to do some pretty serious repentance. But I think in practical, real life experience, um, the thing that blocks us most, keeps us out of the power and presence of God, is just that we don't go to Him. You have, a, you have an open door to the Creator, to the King of the universe. There is no government leader above county commissioner that you could get an audience with. You couldn't just go to make an appointment with the governor. Certainly not anybody in Washington, D.C. But your heavenly father who is immeasurably, infinitely more high and powerful than that. And we just so take him for granted. And then wonder why we don't experience his presence and power. I have good news for you. If there is a barrier between you and God, Jesus says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. You don't need to figure it all out. You don't need to understand it all. You don't need to go back through all of your past and try to figure it all out. Just ask the Holy Spirit if there are anything that needs removed. I repent. Anything, any memory you bring to my mind now of my past sin or involvement with people or unclean spirits or anything unholy, I will repent of it now. I want you, Jesus. I don't want anything else. But you don't have to figure it all out. You don't have to wonder, did I, did I get everything? Just know that Jesus is the door. 
If there's a wall in the way between you and God, Jesus is the door. Come on. We're going to go through Jesus this morning into the power and presence of God. No barrier stands at the name of Jesus. No barrier of your own sin or anything anybody's done to you or any unclean spirit you ever got involved with intentionally or accidentally. Nothing can stand before the name of Jesus. The Bible says he has opened a way for us to the Father. He has opened. Hear the word. He has opened a way for us to the Father through his flesh. Through his flesh for us to come into the power and presence of God. And we're going to do that now. Give the Holy Spirit time right now to bring up into your memory whatever you need to repent of. Whatever might be that some of you, maybe there isn't anything. Some of you, there might be a few things. Some of you might have a list. I don't know. But when that's done, and maybe you'll be done in 30 seconds and maybe it'll take you a while, I just want you to come up and take communion. I want you to come into the power and presence of God through the opening in his flesh and believe that there is no barrier between you and God, that you have all access because you believe. Hear me, because you believe. Not in unbelief, but in belief. Jesus, I open the door to you right now. Whatever the door is, Jesus, you're knocking on it and I open it to you. Come in, Jesus. Come into my heart. And have fellowship with me. I want to know you. I want to be with you. I want you to be with me. Lord, we repent of our past sexual sins and the life that we used to live, Lord. Lord, I ask you to break off any ties that anybody here created with a person that was not a marriage covenant. I ask you, Lord, to set them free from the effects of the music and the movies and the images and the lust that we've looked at, Lord. Holy Spirit, ask you to impart faith that doubt and unbelief or offense toward God would not be a barrier any longer Jesus we give you our questions and our demands for answers we give you our disappointments and our broken hearts and we say that you are perfect and that we trust you and that we believe you again repent of pride, self-righteousness, thinking that we're good people, arguing with those who want to point out what we need to repent of, where we want nothing to do with rebellion and dishonor for our parents, for our spouse, at work not listen to the voices of dishonor and disrespect in the media. We repent of condemnation and complaining. We bless our authorities in the government and in the church 
and in our families and at work. Please remove that barrier, Lord. We receive those you've put in our lives. And we forgive everyone. We forgive, we forgive, we forgive. come to you now. We come, Jesus, through your wounds into the presence of our Holy Father. And there is no barrier. There is no wall. There is a door. And we come through you, Jesus, into the presence of our Heavenly Father.